What up, everybody? It's your boy, Cousin Oz, the People's Mailman, back for another episode with Cousin Tony, the Architect. It's official. 2022 is finally over, and what a year it was for the Cousins. We released our intro to Cousins Collectibles on January 10th of 2022, having no idea of the journey it would lead us on, the collections we would build, the content we would create, and most importantly, the relationships we would form with people from all around the world. And here's the great part about it. We're just beginning. Watch out, 2023. The Cousins are coming for you. Now, our next guest is all about building relationships in the hobby. He's a man of many tastes, sports cards, memorabilia, comics, Pokemon, and yes, of course, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if you hadn't guessed already from the theme song. He believes in family, integrity, and community, and we are pleased to have him on, Mr. Jonathan Figueroa, a.k.a. Bambino Sports Cards. Ayo hey, Tone, take it away, cuz! <laughs> All right, all right, Cousin Tone, it's time for something a little bit different today. We're still talking cards, but our next guest deals in Pokemon, comics, pop culture cards, and even some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. I'd like to welcome Jonathan Figueroa, a.k.a. Bambino Sports Cards, to the podcast. What's up, Jonathan? We appreciate you coming on board, brother. How's it going? What's going on, fellas? I appreciate you guys having me. Excellent, man. Listen, I know we hooked up and actually you and Tony had hooked up at the show and uh, we've actually been having uh, some texts back and forth, some DMs about some casseroles, uh, <laughs> you know, things that <laughs> that thing seemed to go viral and you, you made a comment on it. We were just talking uh, about it beforehand. Uh, so casseroles is a thing, bro. I still have yet to try one. Tony uh, let me down when we went. It was it December 4th when the Eagles were playing the Titans. Tony was supposed to have a nice little dish for me, and unfortunately, that didn't happen. So I still still needs to try one. I mean, what are your thoughts on the casserole, Jonathan? At first, they were different, but I think they're growing on me. It's just uh, it's a different, it's a kind of way to throw some stuff together. <laughs> I keep I keep hearing that it, it's just just throw it together, throw it in the oven, and here you go. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. bake you some goods. I don't I don't know I don't know. I'm interested, man. So, yo, somebody got to send me a plate. If 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 you're interested, hit me up in the DMs. I'll get you my address, and hopefully, I can uh, put it back in the oven and, and have it nice and tasty. But, uh, Mister Bambino Sports Card, brother, tell us what that is and what you do in the hobby, sir. Alrighty, so uh, Bambino Sports Cards, we obviously do sports cards, but in addition to that, uh, Pokemon, uh, other trading cards like Marvel comic books, and action figures. Uh, right now, mainly, we, we attend a lot of shows. We want to get better doing content. That's why I'm honored to be here with you guys on the podcast. want to show more face and get education out to the community going to 2023. But uh, we started back in 2017. Turtles was the main thing, and then got into uh, sports cards and other non-sports cards like uh, Marvel. Yeah. You know, content is the big thing that that's something Tony and I are, are looking to definitely increase in, in 2023 that that scene that, you know, there's a little formula that some people have. They, they know what it's all about. And we're trying to get our hooks in them and, and see what we can glean from them to try to push 
everything next level. So that that's pretty cool. Just stepping out there. And it, it's a learning experience and we all got to go through it. But it seems like you have the groundwork, you know, laid down. Um, tell me about your logo, bro. And you had just mentioned it beforehand. Tell me about that and how special and what it means to you. Okay, yeah. So the logo was a picture of my grandfather and my son walking the first bra- uh, his first baseball game around the bases. Um, and we chose that because the Bambino, my grandfather would always call the kids Bambino. Tsukumutana Bambino, how are they doing? Checking on them. So we did a, a logo revamp and we used them walking the bases and threw like the ML, MLB and NBA logo man collab into it. And the red, white, and blue, the USA colors, but also the Boricua and Dominican colors too. So that's dope. That's dope. A grand slam for us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Grandfathers are very important. You know, I'm trying to put my grandfather hat on and see if uh, you know, I just found out my my daughter, she's having a baby, so it'll be my first, which oh, is congrats. crazy. Yeah, I I just I keep <laughs> telling myself I'm a yeah. grandpa. <laughs> maybe it might sink in and may you know it won't sink in till i actually see the baby <laughs> but yeah. right now it's like crazy i'm just i'm like blown away with that uh but go ahead tell take over man listen when i see you wearing i uh, probably shouldn't say it, that's a bad term what's what, what's the those t-shirts i know the street term for those t-shirts but the ones with the the, the oh the muscle shirts uh-huh. you know? if i see you wearing that and the just tidy, church tidy pants tidy yeah yeah that and church pants oh, you're the official. Game over, yeah. Bro, yeah. okay thank gosh thanks i was trying you, to be, you know you me know. i have no filter bro it is yeah, what it is well, it, I, I, was, I didn't invent that term i'm sorry okay well yeah so you if i see you wearing on the that, collectibles yeah you see me wearing yeah, that uh-huh that with the chanclas yeah that church <laughs> pants chanclas with a black belt you're an official grandpa <laughs> so just get ready that's the uniform <laughs> that's gonna be me yeah, for sure. But uh, hey, Jonathan, talk to me a little bit about you know Pokemon and Ninja Turtles. Why are they such a major part of your business? As I saw that like, looking through your content, I mean, you you deal a lot in in those two realms of, of collectibles. So just tell me about what kind of what the market's like. What are people looking for and things like that? Uh, so both of them, and then I'll break them down one by one. Is this is what I collected as a kid. So. Collected turtles as a kid, the ones that I could get. And then Pokemon, I uh, pulled the first edition Charizard back in the day, mm. sold it for $100. I was like in the first grade or something, second grade. <laughs> Thought I was on top of the world. And whoo, it'd be nice to have that right now. Yeah, I was just about to say, would you like to have that one back? <laughs> and then uh, something similar with turtles, there was an action figure that I always wanted. And it was just a one off one, but it ended up being rare and worth a lot of money. Uh, warrior bebop uh so when i had my first son i found some of my cards and my action figures in my mom's attic and hopped on uh i don't know if you're familiar with offer up and let go mm-hmm. so i came across a collection for like 100 bucks or 25 bucks and actually i was able to sell keep the ones i wanted and sell it for a couple hundred dollars and that's when i became like i enjoyed the hunt starting flipping stuff and uh, that's how I got into both of them. The, the Turtles was the first pick, the first three up, I would call it, to get back into collecting. Uh, and Pokemon, it's a good combination. It's like you've got, you know, our generation, people are getting back into it when they were collecting kids. And then the younger kids, too, now collecting as well with the modern stuff. So it's uh, it's really similar to the sports card rule where you have got your vintage stuff, what they would call Watsi. And then you've got your modern stuff with all the colors 
like the prisms and the optic and that's what the kids nowadays like and even some people now too as well from our era and you know older and then ninja turtles is also same thing where we've got the more desirable stuff for sure is going to be the vintage stuff so from 88 like the rookie cards uh and then you can get those graded as well and the modern stuff you know again more shiny more articulation the action figures do a lot more um so i don't know if i answered your question yeah yeah for sure so that's how i got back into it i got you what like i know nothing about pokemon like i mean i know what it is but like what is so special about the Charizard? Was it a short print? Like, what? Why are people always chasing that card? He's like the Jordan. Like, he just does because it's also a trading card game. So yeah. people like he does a lot of damage. Number one, and then number two, it's just a highly desired or desirable character. Okay. So he's definitely like probably number one. Hands okay. down for sure. I, so in I, that I, first edition, was there just one Charizard that like just you know what I mean how normally one person has one rookie card, but you know, vintage card? Was that how it was, or were there like multiple that you could get? Uh Bowman first is my analogy. Are you familiar with baseball mm -hmm. Bowman first? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first edition would be like his Bowman first. Mm -hmm. Then okay. he had a regular rookie card, then he had some other cards come out afterwards. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. I always wonder. So I'm like, isn't like Pikachu the main man? I was like, what? What is this Charizard thing? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, oh, Pikachu okay. definitely gets a lot of love too, but he actually didn't really have that many like rare cards or holographic cards until I don't know the last five years. Hmm. Okay, he had a full art card, so he didn't have like mad like there's no autograph or really shiny card or anything, you know, that crazy. Yeah. Okay. And with the with the turtles, like I actually that was the first I told it before that. That was the first I had baseball cards, but that was the first set that I actually went after buying like trying to collect the whole set. And I maybe there was a hundred and some I you probably know the number, but I remember just having a real fat stack of those things and man, I, I ate <laughs> I had a lot of packs. I think they came with gum. I'm not I don't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, they but, had some gum packs. Okay, they, yeah, and they had like the turtle shell around the, the border was like a green turtle shell. Um, I never completed that, but that was something. Maybe, maybe one day when I'm bored, I'll try. Like, are those, do those go really crazy? I mean, I, is that considered where the rookies are, or is there one before that? Uh, they're definitely affordable, and I would. You could. Some people argue like the vending stickers could be like the rookies, but yeah, those were the ones. Would... They're like almost like the 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 prism jewel cards, like Michael Jordan and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Man, I wish I had one of them machines. Like back in the day, you never even yeah. thought about it. Those things were everywhere. You would go to Kmart, you know, Nichols and, and yeah. places like that. You would get the, the quarter or 50 cents and, and get the sticker and then just stick it on something. You never even thought about saving it. That's crazy right. how those stickers have now become so, you know, valued in the hobby. Right. Now, let's talk about um, comic books, bro. Like, Again, these are all things that that Tony and I, you know, we're we're mainly dealing with the, with the sports cars. I, I dabble in some He-Man, some toys, and you know, Stranger Things, some pop culture cars. But like comics, nice, nice. yeah. But comics and, and uh, Pokemon. That again, let's get back to the Pokemon real quick. Illustrator cards, like I, I think those are kind of, you know, valued. Is is that correct? Yeah, it's definitely like considered one of the Grail cards. Uh, not very many of them known out there. 
um, and the artist doesn't really show face. He hasn't left her house in like years, I guess. So basically, uh, like describe what what is an illustrator card? So with Pokemon, it's like it's a whole random fact. Before I tap into that, it is the number one uh, franchise in the entire world. But basically, the illustrator card is people had a chance to enter. Like you draw your own cards. The person who drew this card, there weren't that they the winner of that. They made this card, and there weren't very much of it left. There aren't that many of them known out. There's only 39 copies to exist in the world. Hmm. Um, and so to have a high grade like Blake Martinez, a ex-NFL player, recently sold his a CGC case and Golden or uh, I think it was Logan Paul bought one for like $900,000. Long story short, you enter a contest, you you draw to try to get your card to make the next Pokemon card. So it's like artists, basically. Mm -hmm. And the winner of the contest, there's only 39 of these cards out there. Gotcha. So it's it's rare. It's something desirable by the uh, Pokemon community. I got it. Yeah, because that's how I think the, the Logan Paul, I'm pretty sure that's what he had. That's why it popped into my head. Um, right. But But other than that, let, let's get into some comics. So you were into comics as a kid as well? Uh, yeah, mainly a lot of the dollar comics and the TV mm -hmm. stuff, reading through it. I still actually have some of them, like still have some of my original Turtles, have some of my original comics. And how have you uh, progressed since then? Maybe focusing on some key books. I mean, I've had some books that are now close to, you know, five figures, almost six figures. I sold wow. them, but I've progressed, actually, I would say, by doing some of my, with not, not monetary value, but also started my own sketch covers. And then in addition to that, just building my collection, like getting the first appearance of Black Panther back again in my hands, uh, meeting a lot of the great artists I was able to pick up at the New York Apple Trading Show. Original page sketch from one of my favorite artists, Mark Dextera, which is also another Bodico in the community. So that was nice. cool. Yeah. Um, nice. And then being able to set up at some of the biggest comic book shows in the country, like Baltimore Comic Con, and going to the retailer summit this year for my first time as an authorized dealer for uh, Diamond Comics, the biggest comic book uh, distributor in the world. Nice. nice. Yeah. So how did that come about? How does that all work out? Uh, I've been, like I said, we started back in 2017. So we were ordering from Diamond uh, for a while. And then I got an invite this year to go check out the retailer summit. So it wasn't that far. I was like, let me actually take the time to check it out. It's like the it was like basically they do it right before the national, mm -hmm. quote unquote, and that's mm -hmm. how it was this year. Baltimore is like their national. Yeah. So I checked out the summit. It was great. You get to hear from different artists behind the scenes. Movies coming out. What's coming out? Upcoming comic books. Basically, it's really uh, there's a lot of great information and networking the whole time. Nice. Tips on social media, tips on ordering stuff, all kinds of stuff. So if you were to say right now, what would be your grail comic that you have yet to get, but would, you know, would be the number one comic you would, would try to get as your grail? TMT number one, the first appearance of the Ninja Turtles. Nice. Um, piggybacking off of that, like with the with the comics, I see like a lot of them you talked about with the grading 
and they're graded by CGC. Actually, I think Oz, is that the one you have as your um, mm-hmm. Stranger Things one? So yeah. they seem to be, they're like the top dog when it comes to grading comics, correct? Or one yeah, of the top? Yeah, sure. They're like PSA. Okay. okay, gotcha. But now they're still on the come up on the card side. So I, and I see that you grade, you can, you grade a fair amount of cards with them. So what, what is it about CGC that attracts you to getting your cards graded by them? And do you see them being a major player in the future? Just a story of business doing with them over the years, even before we opened LC, you know, before 2017. Mm-hmm. So over five years, just doing business with them was one of it. Number two, I really like their labels. Really like their non-sports labels, and once they change their sports card label from green to black, definitely grew on me a lot more too as well. Quality of their slabs and their turnaround time are all gotcha. things that uh, helped. And then being new, they're willing to adapt and innovate, and I would say put boots on the ground. Like they're willing to show face, answer questions. You know, they're they're willing to own up. Hey, yeah, we guys we listened to you guys. You thought that green label was horrendous you know we'll change it up we'll own up to it we're gonna we'll swap your labels out you guys at a really affordable price if you want to get the new labels so yeah that that's one thing i used to turn me off to there's the green for some reason it just didn't it just didn't jive i was like this looks it didn't look good and then the new one now i gotta give them props it looks sleek it looks nice and clean and it doesn't like the green that just stuck out it just didn't work for me maybe if it was a green card but it was it just i don't know wasn't a real big fan Uh, let me answer your second part of that question because i think to me it's uh important to you like i'm just looking up the stats to make sure i'm not making stuff up so you asked like do i think they're going to be a prominent player i think they already are uh for sure so no if you guys are familiar with gem rate on instagram uh, no they report like all the stats of Okay. The grading companies. And if you look uh-huh. right there, PSA, 900,000 subs, mm-hmm. CGC, 133, SGC, 70, and Beckett, 50,000. And so that's a total graded for the month of November. So still, yeah, CGC graded more than SGC and Beckett combined in the month of November. And I think that's for like the fourth or fifth month in a row now. In addition to that, CGC the non-sports, uh, the trading card company, because they have CSG for sports cards, mm-hmm. is also the only company that has not reduced their price of grading in Q4 out of those four companies. So PSA, okay. SGC, and Beckett are all, you got to drop our price, you got to drop our price. Mm-hmm. You know, Lil John, get low, get low. <laughs> and they're firm at their price point. So, <laughs> I mean, for them to, to hold their price point when everybody else is dropping it low, I they're they're here to stay for sure. They're they're backed by they're a huge company, the the parent company of CGC as well. So it's like they're definitely here. They do video games. They do they do money. They they made, they've been doing money for a long time as well too in coins. They just picked up their video games, so they're definitely here to stay. Okay. And I think they'll work their way up to you know top two or three for sure. They're definitely on the right track with with changing the label. Like I said, I. I definitely like that look a lot more and the slab looks looks sturdy and nice and clear thin you know i like i like my slabs like oz likes his jersey nice slim fit tight (laughs) yeah it's the same exact size as the psa slab they did that on purpose yeah 
If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So let's talk about shows, brother. Me and Tony recently attended our first toy show, and we had a great time. Uh, we did notice that while the fun vibe was definitely something you don't see much at a card show, a lot of the dealers weren't as willing to negotiate. So why are these toy, toy dealers, man? They're, they're kind of hard to, to work with. I don't know if that's just something that was at this particular show or if that's kind of like, because we really, if, if let's just say for a toy, for example, if it was $500, a nice vintage toy, I'd be like, you know, what can we work out? I'll give you four hundred. They'd be like, nah, I'm I'm holding steady at five. I'll give you ten dollars off, you know. So there was like real no real negotiation when it was it was coming to where you know you you get to a sports car dealer that that's we're already going down eighty percent, you know, twenty percent. We're we're trying to get eighty percent of the value right, right off the bat and then work it from there. But it just seems that at toy toy shows there was no kind of wiggle room, man. I think it's a multi-factor thing in both worlds as regarding pricing. So, like, it depends. Where was the show at, number one? This was at the the Philly show when they had the, the multiple. On one side, it was the uh, – what was that again? The um, I know what you're talking about. Retrocon. Retrocon. Yeah, Retrocon. yeah it was at Retrocon. I think I see the same thing at the Philly show in the sports world, too, regarding pricing. I think you got the Dallas – People are willing to deal for sure. Like, okay. like money's moving. So I think it, it's the location. Like, my experience has been is like the Philly market. It's like the people have had this stuff for a long time, but they still don't want to budge as much on the price. Like, so they're willing to hold for twenty it. years. Like it was, it was fifty bucks. You got watch up to four hundred, five hundred. Why don't we take the four hundred? You know, or the four fifty, or so that's one factor. And then two. I think there's more emotion attached in the action figures in the sports world. Three, like vintage, like, you know, you try to be able to deal with a vintage dealer in the sports world. It's definitely different than someone with the prism or optic card. And then three, just always got to be personal with the person. I'm not saying you did or didn't do it, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like they could kind of throw it off guard. Like, whoa, you know, wheeling, dealing. It's like they're they're attached to it. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I try to make my cousin's a big, worlds. big, huge toy collector. And I, I kind of try to tell him that, like, dude, I think it's more so like they're more willing to take this toy home because they've had it this whole time. And like you said, they might have gotten into it at 50 bucks and now it's going up to 400. But they're more than happy if they don't get the price that they want. I'll take it right back home, put it right back where it was and I, I can still enjoy it. Where, like you said, especially with the modern uh, sports cars, they just want to get that profit, you know, flip that card and get into something else. There's no real attachment. And vintage dealers are similar. You know, yeah. they, they they call what the, the diamond hands is like we always talk about. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, you're going to pay me what I want or I'm just going to go right back home, brother. Right. No rush for me. I will say, though, like sometimes, or especially if you're buying a couple things that, it, it, it's like if you pick the right stuff or size wise, like, yeah, I don't want to take that home. Mm -hmm. Like a card, it's easy, but like, yeah, I'm not taking that home with me. Like, I can fit this in my pocket, I'm gonna take it home. But you pull like a big statue out, or like, mm -hmm. I ran, we randomly picked up these like old school Spider Man and Wolverine phones. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they don't want to take that back. <laughs> and then you literally just gotta tell them that my brother was like, bro, you don't really want to pack this back up again. You've been packing this up for 20 years, man. Like, yeah, let me take it home today. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you got the negotiating tactic when you got i told you there's like this masters of the universe uh like store display thing that i thought was incredible 
So now when we go back the next time, we're going to tell the dude, look, listen, we know you've been carrying this around for forever. So let's, you know, let's, let's get the price down and, and we'll, we'll haul it away for you. So like, got that Oz. I expect you to bring that home next time. I just wrote that Plus, down. Plus they could damage it too or taking it back and forth. Like they yeah. damage easy. It's not, it's, it's harder to keep a action figure in the box or display nice mm-hmm. lugging around all the time. That that emotional connection is definitely there because you could see like guys are just I mean our cousin collects. He, I would love to see him set up at a show. I really would. Because yeah. <laughs> he'd be like, you talk about he just have that that kung fu grip on all his toys. He's like, nah, yeah. we're not. <laughs> I think it happens like that on the non-sports world too. Even like Pokemon and Marvel, some people get really attached. Really? Sometimes yeah. I'll be doing the same thing though. But, yeah, we're, we're all guilty of it, yeah. you know, depending on what it is. I mean, there's some things that we just get tired of seeing and we want to get rid of it. So we'll take whatever. But then there's other cars like when I went and that set Clemente? up. Me yeah. That. Yeah. No, yeah. Tony, good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I <be> like, <laughs> Unless he's trading to get another Clemente, he ain't, you know. Exactly. But like I, I had to set up when we went to our first show. I didn't have any like extra cars. I just had my Allen Iverson PC. So Tony's like, just put it out there. And I'm like, bro, this is this is me, bro. This is all my I've, I've been diligently collecting this stuff, you know, over the last year and a half. Like I enjoy and I love every one of these cars. I don't want to start selling them to people. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, we got to do it. We got to do it. <laughs> Damn, bro. So then I put my case out and then everybody starts swarming. We're in Philly. And little by little, my my collection's going. I'm like, oh, it's killing me. Everyone inside, like every time I sell it, it's like I'm losing, you know, a, a baby. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, you have me to thank for coming home with a nice stack for. Uh, oh, actually, we'll talk about that later. That's something with the uh, happy life, happy wife thing. I want to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, and Jonathan, I want to ask you, as far as like sports cards go, though, what's what do you like to collect, or what's the PC look like? Dominican players like Al Horford. Okay. The first Dominican basketball player, Chris Durarte, he's him too, like Big Poppy, Ortiz, mm-hmm. a 90s insert summer jam, I would say, yeah. like in that like realm. Man, Al Horford, <laughs> he was a <laughs> Sixers killer. We get him from the Sixers, and he is like, what happened? And then he goes back to Boston, he turns back into a Sixers killer again. So, I don't know. I think he just, he played us really good, man. That's all, That was all set up from Boston, bro. I think so. I think yeah, they we were on the come up. They're like, just throw Al in there for a little bit, screw it all up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. I was so excited when we got him. on the Sixers. <laughs> He's a double yeah. agent, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, freaking guy. I was like, man, he's still stealing some of the Sixers money, probably. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, big poppy though. That's that's nice. I don't, I don't list. I don't see a lot of people on like Instagram and stuff. That I mean, there probably are, but that post about big poppy and you know he's hall of famer man so yeah. prop, props to you on that speaking of selling and we just uh touched on it so when it comes to the hobby talk about your technique you use to keep a happy wife and a happy life so how do you maintain that because I, I need to know because wifey's upstairs you know right now she's complaining that i'm down here Every night, Tony's cracking the whip on me. Oh, we got another podcast. We got another interview. We got a show. We got to do this. We got to do that. And my wife, meanwhile, is like, yo, man, where's, where's the money at, homie? Like, so how, how do you uh, maintain that that happy wife, happy life? Well, number one, I'm not perfect, so I still I still try to balance <laughs> it, too. But one of the things that worked for me in the past was, like, I moved a big car, like, the move a PMG Black Panther. And – it hurt to get rid of it too, though. Yeah, I really I don't imagine. want to. Right before the movie came out, but I was like, 
I got a book. I got the first appearance comic in my back of my mind, so I'll pick that up right now. But anyways, long story short, the guy was like, oh, man, do you take electronic payment? I was like, damn. I was like, you know what, though? Go ahead. Just send it to my wife. Oh, wow. So that's what I was like. All right. She's like, what the hell is this? I was like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> just like, hey, remember, like, just say I remember, like, yeah, you can make money doing this, too, like, in the card business. And it's like, yeah. you know, it was a nice amount. I and bet. I was, Shit, okay, yeah. yeah. I'll take that. Was that a PNG? What red or? Yeah, red. Oof, that's a little commission for her. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There it's you a go. Sense of commission. Include the kids. Like we took the kids up to New York this weekend. Mm-hmm. They had a blast. Like, mommy, mommy, you got to meet the voice of Pikachu and Geo Dude and Growlithe and Cubone, and we got that's we awesome. made some money spinning the wheel. <laughs> Jonathan, before we get out of here, man, let everybody know where they can find you, where, you, where what kind of shows you got coming up, stuff. I, I Like I said, I saw you at the Philly show. You were moving a bunch of Pokemon stuff. You have, like, a little board that you set up on the side. It was like a wheel I think you had going on. I think you did that also at the Fishtown show. So, like, it's not like yeah, you have a regular booth. Wheel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, talk talk about that, like, your whole setup and where, where you're going to be at and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, at the set, I like to bring variety, some diversity. We got sports cards, of course. I get better at getting some more sports cards bulk, but with Pokemon, we got, you know, affordable stuff, $20 and under. We got slabs, and we normally have a spin wheel where, like, five, ten bucks, you spin the wheel. If you if you guess your Pokemon or your number right, you get a slab. If not, you get a pack. So kids love it, five, ten bucks. They're going to spend it anyway, guaranteed mm-hmm. them the, uh, either a card, uh, I mean, a pack, or uh, a slab or some type of prize. Uh, upcoming shows we have, I think the first one's Dallas. We committed to do all the Dallas card shows for 2023. And then another big circuit is Collecticon that, uh, in February in Orlando. And then we always do the Philly Show Circuit and the Chantilly Circuit. And we'll be doing Fishtown as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, we'll see. So I'm gonna try to get a whole calendar out, put it on our Instagram, Bambino Sports Cards, uh, okay. on Instagram, and then try to build out our YouTube and other handles going to 2023. But right now, yeah. mainly Instagram. Uh, again, the whole Dallas Circuit, Philly Show, Chantilly, and Collecticon. Nice. nice. We do a bunch of local ones in between. Yeah, you guys are rocking and rolling all up and down the East Coast, bro. That's yeah, dope. trying to. West Coast and, and, next and, year. And, and yeah, the West Coast too. Dallas. We'll try to go to Burbank yeah. next Burbank. year. Sheesh. Maybe even London. Who knows? Maybe London. Really? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Is that is that a big Pokemon? Uh, sports and uh, Pokemon was seem to be Pokemon. pretty big. But Pokemon, the real, real big one would do is get my son involved in. Uh, so it's like I said, it's a game. They have a tournament, and it's you okay. know all over. The regionals and the championship this year is going to be Japan. So nice. You can kick some butt. It'd be dope to go. So you know, because they'll actually pay if you're nice at it. Yeah. To go and compete. So that'd be an awesome goal. Go to Japan. Like, how does uh, how how do you build up your arsenal for that? Do you got to like spend? Does it take? You know, I guess that you build your hand and you play the game. But does can someone who has five dollars in their pocket compete with someone who has 500 does you know or do you, do people get priced out because they don't have the right cards or you know how does that all work when it comes to tournament time or is it actually one of the most 
uh, we just built one of the like top three decks, and it was like thirty bucks. Hmm. Okay. So it's not you don't need. I think Magic is like that, where it's like you you get this crazy deck, you spend it, you blow a bunch of money. You don't. It was thirty bucks. A pre-built okay. deck that people did really well with last year. Be on the lookout for little Bambino. Ripping and rolling all over the globe. Yeah, little Giovanni. That's the plan. <laughs> Japan, That's Japan. Awesome. That's dope, That's man. Awesome. Go ahead, Oz. Finish it up. So, yeah, we're just going to end this like we always do, man. Like, real quick, if you had any advice for people that are coming on board that wanted to start an LLC or, you know, just any kind of dealings and stuff like that, what advice would you give them on how to get started like that and, what you know, how to be successful? I would say network, number one, like, don't be scared to put yourself out there and uh, build, like ask people who are doing it where you want to be at and surround yourself around those people. Mm-hmm. So like, I know I want to, for example, I know I want to get better at getting in front of the camera. And so I'm honored again to, for you guys having me on your podcast and you guys, you know, go hard in the paint. You said every night you're trying to record. So I appreciate you guys for doing that for the hobby and the community. Yeah. Uh, so that's one. And then same thing, you do the same thing, you know, if you got a retail store, you want to open up, ask people to do that. People do shows, people making content, you know, reach out to those people. Don't be scared because they want to talk about it. Like if you really think about it, like how many people are collecting sports cards, there's a lot of people, but it's like, you probably don't tell everybody at Goya or wherever you work at, like, yo, you see this new Clemente I got? And people right. are like, yo, <laughs> get out of here with that. <laughs> you, want the, you want John Clemente to the head, bro? Get back. <laughs> Get back to the beans or whatever, you know? Kirk Gowdy, like your boss, in the first part of the email. So people sure. want to help each other out. Yeah. Um, and can... then build a good squad. Once you do that, too, try to make sure you have a good squad around you because getting stuff done by yourself is just not feasible. You yeah. need a good squad. I know that. I can probably guarantee that I'm probably the only guy in my circle of my coworkers that collects cards. <laughs> so that's pretty guaranteed. If I would go into one of our meetings and – talking about my cards they just look at me like you're, you're an idiot shut up so <laughs> there's a ton of mailmen like every day i'm finding out another mailman they'll come up to me be like yo i heard you got a show and i'm like huh he's like yeah i collect cards too i'm like get out of it yo so there's like little by little i got i got a faction of people that are are uh, collecting cards which is which is pretty cool so you can you know any anytime i want to and then they start going crazy and asking me all these questions like i'm like the ultimate professional i'm like whoa because <laughs> they start asking all this stuff about baseball and stuff like ah, i'm not that that's not my my style you know i i know a little bit but not but not oh okay 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 because they're, they're the ones that like to just buy the boxes and rip and try to get oh, all the new man. yeah and i'm just like that's prospects yeah I'm, i said i'm not a prospector bro that's that's not me <laughs> Just me thinking about Hispanics in the hobby, like we don't like you really think about it, like baseball we we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like fifty percent of the league, sixty percent like Dominican Puerto Ricans the yeah. number one, you know, country, uh foreign country in the MLB. But they can't afford to collect cards. So it's like, you know, historically and generationally, like people over there, they're not gonna collect cards, but it's a privilege over here to be able to do so. So Yeah. It's nice to see other Hispanics in the hobby. Yeah, and that, that's one thing Tony and I were looking to try to, you know, expand that and, and get it to the, the generations that – because we just never had that in our culture, you know? Yeah. It was just always surviving. It's coming to the U.S., getting a job, putting food on the table, and just surviving. It was never like, oh, let's start a collection. Let's go yeah, to the store and buy – you, you want some baseball card? Like, nah, that wasn't never a topic of conversation for us. Maybe, you know, maybe others, but I know for Tony and I, that, that was just never the case. 
and we did collect as kids, but we never really knew what it meant. So to to now, you know, be in it and see what it's all about and get little tricks of the trade. Now we're going to go ahead and, and, and get on here and, and talk and, and, you know, let our the future generations of, you know, Hispanics, Latinos and, and, and try to pass that knowledge forward, man. My man, Jonathan Figueroa, Mr. Bambino Sports Cards. It was a pleasure, my brother. Thank you for sharing your story and may 2023 be your best year yet. And with that, I'm going to leave you with a little quote from the great Judy Garland. Well, we have a whole new year ahead of us, and wouldn't it be wonderful if we could all be a little more gentle with each other, a little more loving, and have a little more empathy, and maybe next year at this time, we'd like each other a little more. Words to live by. Remember, if you want to change, it begins with you. Happy New Year, everyone, and as always, keep focused, keep positive, and keep collecting. Hey, yo, Tone, bring the beat back.